Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. You're listening to Joe Hoft on today's news talk radio, TNT. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you may be in this big, beautiful world. Uh, welcome to the Joe Hoff Show. I'm glad you're here. Uh, we've got another great show uh, ahead of us today. Uh, we've got Michael Jan is going to be dialing in from uh, somewhere, I believe, south of the uh, U.S. border. So it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. He sends me just uh, incredible stuff all the time lately. He uh, sent me a text uh, a day or two ago talking about this. So uh, overthrow this coup in Ecuador. That's in South America, obviously. And they, um, it looks like what he's saying, well, they'll use this as a reason uh, to send all these people to the U.S. And um, so pretty soon, if the, if the globalists and the elites have their way, this country, there, there won't be anybody left in South America or in Africa or in the Middle East. They'll all be here in the U.S. And, and uh, nobody will be working. We'll all be paying for them. And that's... Uh, that's the socialist way. Uh, go and read uh, Anne Rines, I think is the name, how you pronounce her name, uh, Atlas Shrugged book. I read it years ago. It's a big, thick book. There's one chapter in there. People say it's the most brilliant chapter. It's like 50 or maybe 100 pages long. I didn't find it so brilliant. It just went on and on to me. But she said her whole theory is, man, you keep keep rewarding the non-workers, keep allowing people to just do nothing. And then uh, pay them more than workers, and you end up with a situation like in the book where nobody wants to work anymore. Why work? Why work? You know, you just get hassled. You just have to go through all this stuff. Why not just uh, go on the dole like everybody else? And pretty soon, then nobody's nobody's working. Everything's lies. Everything's made up. You're all supposed to believe like. Uh, you know, just uh, the sky's falling. Y'all believe it. Y'all believe in global warming. Uh, uh, this, you know, the sky's falling. I think the great analogy for global warming is the sky's falling. Chicken little sky's falling. Ch- sky's falling. It was a bird dropped wig on its head. All, all a scam. All in, in an effort to take this world away from the from the free people and take away their freedom. Ultimately, it's evil. It's to me. It's it's it 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 all comes down to that. It's the battle between evil and good, and it's been going on since the beginning of time. This is the way God made it, and there is certainly some evil in this world. And there's certainly a lot of good in this world, too. And it's our job to share with you the truth. We're going to point out the evil, and we're going to, we're going to share with you the good things, too. A lot of, a lot of great things happening. I see this. We've got a uh, the first caucus of the 2024 presidential election is Coming up on Monday is my understanding. President Trump's way ahead. But at one point, DeSantis's wife got on TV on Fox News and said, hey, anybody can vote in Iowa. Just come on in. Just come on in and vote in the caucuses for Ron DeSantis. DeSantis is getting crushed. And his wife did that. And and some people in Iowa were saying, hey, uh, that's illegal. That's not uh, how this works. Only Iowans can vote in the Iowa caucuses. What are you saying? So there's going to be some shenanigans. There's going to be a lot of thieves. I mean, we've had a great guest on this show previously, uh, Guya Mariani, and he said, you know, the, the, in the U.S., it looks like whoever cheats the most wins. And uh, 
Unfortunately, that seems to be what's going on. We've got crazy Joe Biden, who's really sleepy Joe, who's really senile Joe, who's really crooked Joe, really, really crooked, angry Joe, bitter Joe, nasty Joe, and and incompetent Joe. The guy's just totally lost. And and we we all know it's it appears to be Biden that's running this White House, and he's doing the same stuff that he did years ago. I, I had put up a piece earlier today. It's from a rabbi uh, in the U. Uh, well, I, I believe he's actually in Israel, but he uh, he's been uh, he's been reporting on uh, what's going on over there in Israel since the uh, in, invasion and murder of fourteen hundred Israelis at the hands of Hamas. On October seventh, that Rabbi Wolicki, and he pointed out that hey, Biden's breaking U.S. law, and and I, again, I just can't believe that there's no pushback on this. That there's nobody in Congress that's going to say, hey, this is against the law what you're doing. But what he's been doing is he's been paying the Palestinian Authority, and that goes against U- U.S. law under President Trump. They set up this law. It's called the FSA. Or it had to do with a guy named Frazier who was who was in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. He ends up getting killed by a terrorist in Israel. And tr- the law is named after this guy, Frazier. And uh, what it says is basically, if you basically pay, well, in this case, it was the Palestinians who were killing Jews, Israelis, then we're not going to give you any money. And because uh, Obama set it up, he's just sending millions and millions over to uh, you know, the Palestinian Authority. We had Michelle Bachman on the show talking about it. She says, this is insane. We're the, we're the dumb ones. We're sending billions not only to Israel, but we send it over to the Palestinians. And then they use this money. She said there's three or four billionaires under Hamas. They're sitting in Qatar and, st- and places like that. These guys are living high in the hawk. Nothing happens in Gaza, she pointed out, other than going through Hamas anyways. What's uh, what happens then is these Palestinians will pay, and and back then in 2018, uh, the Palestinian Authority paid some the family of one of these terrorists who ends up killing an, an American in Israel. And uh, uh, Rabbi Wolicki shares that hey, there was the deaths in Israel every year was around 20 deaths from terrorists, and President Trump put this law in, and like on year three, it was down to four. And then what we've seen under Biden, Biden comes in and starts paying the Palestinians, even though they were paying off these families when uh, their their son or daughter died as a terrorist, killing others. So that goes against U.S. law. But Biden didn't care. He gives them money. Biden, Obama slash Obama, he gives them money. Obama's the one who started paying the Palestinians, my understanding, in the first place. Like, what's going on here? Why are we paying these people that are killing us? And, and killing innocent civilians, why are we paying them money? So what happened was Biden um, just started paying them money. And he says that's against U.S. law. This wasn't just a, an executive order. It was U.S. law. It was, it was passed through both the House and the Senate, and, tr- and President Trump signed it. Biden is breaking the law in paying off these Palestinians and paying the Palestinians who are paying off terrorists. It's It makes sense that we would... It's law in place. It doesn't make sense that Biden would break the law, pay these people to continue to kill people. And it doesn't make sense that nobody would hold Biden accountable. What is going on here? This this country, biggest and most dangerous and damaging and destructive things that, that Obama has done has been to ignore 
our justice system and and bastardize it and destroy it and infiltrate it with poops and and politicians and radicals and evil people and that's what you know, like christopher ray what a clown show what a, what long neck chris he looks like a hyena i think just disgusting guy wears a suit thinks he's super cool he's an he's not an animal he's a monster he's a liar he lies every time he talks i love that uh episode in the house though where clay higgins says to him Asked him, well, was there any FBI agents in the in the uh, Capitol on January 6th before anybody came in? And then Christopher Ray starts to mumble through some some BS saying, well, you know, I can't really say this. He goes, the answer should be no. The answer should be no. And Christopher Ray gets this mean look on his face. Of course it should be, Mr. Ray, you scoundrel, scumbag. I mean, this guy's been what he did related to the Mueller exam. This guy should not be in any position within this government. He can't be behind bars for what he's done. This guy is an animal. Inserting FBI agents into the uh, into the Capitol into January sixth to start riots. This guy should be in jail for life, and that's the best case scenario. This guy's an animal. It's disgusting. He's a monster. Like. I keep saying animal, and and he's not an animal. As this one guest pointed out to me, she said, "No, animals are good things. These people are monsters." And that's Christopher Ray. What a monster! Here's another example. This just came out overnight, and it's related to the Seth Rich case. So Seth Rich, if you if you don't know, he was this young man who worked uh, in the DNC back in 2016, and he liked Bernie. He liked Bernie Sanders. He was a radical left. And Bernie was a you know socialist communist, but and he was starting to beat Hillary. Nobody else ran against Hillary. It was like an unwritten rule amongst the Democrat Party: do not run against Hillary. It's this is uh, we've promised her that she would she would uh, run in this election. It would be hers after Obama's eight years, and uh, that was the unwritten rule. But Bernie didn't he, didn't hear it, and he ran. And of course, he's getting more votes than her, which showed how unpopular she was, and. By the way, I have two sisters that were Bernie supporters, and they could not vote for Hillary after she stole it from Bernie. So they voted for the Green Party. And then it wasn't but months later after Trump took over, the people that they're following are saying, hey, this is wrong. This this Trump guy, this is exactly what we need. We need an outsider in here. And you could see it as they started attacking him with this Mueller-Russia collusion you know, garbage jam we had our guest on yesterday talking about how uk has been the greatest enemy of the us over the years they've been involved in the assassinations of pretty much every us president that has died the us the uk was involved lincoln there's all sorts of evidence that i had no i had no awareness of that uh, J, uh, this john booth was involved with uh, with the uk that he was going to canada and back getting money and to do this thing that he did and four people died, and we heard from our guest yesterday as well. There was another seven or eight people that fled to England uh, rather than face, uh, you know, come to the U.S. and face their crimes. They would have been hung. And um, and I guess one was related to Teddy Roosevelt and his uncle or something. And then Teddy takes over after McKinley's killed by the Brits. It's just an amazing story. But that's what President Trump stepped into. And my, my sisters, they, they started following Trump. They said he's the guy. They're Trumpsters ever since. Now, how many other green, uh, you know, Green Party and 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 Bernie supporters start following Trump? I know a girl 
uh, wrote for Gateway Pundit, and she started. She was a she was a big Bernie fan. That she she jumped on the Trump train. So it, it happened. It happened all over. He was the answer, and um, you know these monsters go after him, Chris Ray and others, and uh, with this bogus uh, bogus storyline that uh, Trump was uh, somehow uh, working with Russia uh, to steal the election. It was it was a, a total lie. It was made up. And, and I believe the reason it was made up is because what happened was emails of Hillary's and John Podesta, her crooked, crooked, disgusting, evil uh, uh, campaign manager. I think he's I think he's satanic. I think they, a bunch of them are. I think Obama is as well. I think George Soros is as well. Just can't be this just demented. It's just there's something dark, dark, dark there. And um, I th so that's what happened. They uh, ended up uh, uh, doing this Russia collusion sham, but it came out uh, after the emails were released to WikiLeaks and then after the death of Seth Rich. Seth Rich is a young man, like I said, in the DNC, walking down the streets of, of Washington, D.C. late one night, gets shot in the back twice. And uh, a lot of people believe he ended up dying the next day in the hospital. A lot of people thought he'd make it. They, it apparently, uh, the police uh, cameras are, are missing. He had two laptops, a personal and a work laptop. The FBI denied having any information on uh, Seth Rich. And then it turned out, no, these laptops are in their possession. You're like, what the heck is going on? Probably was sitting beside Hunter Biden's laptop, Wiener's laptop, the, the creepy guy that was connected to Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton's. Uh, also worked for Hillary Clinton, so um, the storyline goes that that was the that's what happened. He leaked these emails. He being Seth Rich to to Wiki Wiki uh, WikiLeaks, and they made up the story on Russia instead to cover the death up, the murder of Seth Rich, but to also frame President Trump. And it worked pretty well for him. They went on the offense, and the media was all in their corner. Would do whatever they say. Still will. And that's why I don't trust media at all. If media says anything, I look the other way. It's like a natural habit now that I don't trust anything they say. And uh, what happens is uh, there was a court case trying to get this information from the FBI. Now, for years on Seth Rich's death, trying to get information, the FBI said they had none. Then we found them. Then we found out they had their laptops. They they literally said, we, know, we have no records on Seth Rich, and it was a total lie. And now... The court is again saying to the FBI, hand over all your documents related to Seth Rich. And just yesterday they said, no, nope, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And so here we are, Christopher Ray's corrupt FBI, corrupt to the core, corrupt to the core, was involved in January 6th. Wouldn't look at the multiple instances of crime, fraud, and, and malfeasance in the 2020 election, the election that never should have been certified ever. From a professional standpoint, I say that over and over. And you get my books on the steel that validate it. Go to Amazon, get my three books. I'm telling you, they're, you know, we've sold a ton of those books because I lay it out. Here's from a professional point of view, this is why the election was stolen. And a big reason is in the cover up, my third book, where I do talk about the FBI. It's for Ray's a snake. It's a snake in the grass, a nasty, evil snake. Anyways, um, that's what's going on. The FBI is still not working. And uh, and now we've got this southern border. Where's the FBI there? Why are they not shoring up this border? Why are they not arresting people that are allowing this to happen? Why are they not going after the people that are trafficking children in this country now through the Biden regime? This is sick, sick, evil stuff. We've got to stop it. This country's turned into a hellhole quick. And uh, whether Obama and Biden are given 
millions to the uh, terrorists overseas or opening up the border to the terrorists to come into this country. It's got to stop. We've got to stop it now. We can't do it with people like Christopher Ray in office. He's part of the problem. He is a criminal, and we cannot allow that to happen. By the way, our next guest, Michael Yan, is going to be sharing with us what's going on at that border. You're going to be shocked when you hear Michael. He'll be dialing in live from someplace uh, south of us and look forward to having him here after this break. So we'll take a quick break and be right back on The Joe Hoff Show. TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And and I, if I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenager's brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. Take us back in time and who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. At this moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism, but the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. 
That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. TNT. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Hoff Show. Glad you're here. Uh, apologize for a bit of delay there. We've been trying to trying to get connected with our guest, Michael Yan from God knows where. But uh, the picture looks great. He looks great. We can hear him good now. So we're moving on with the show. So, Michael, welcome to the Joe Hoff Show. Uh, hi, I just got a chat. Go left, please. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm actually in Panama City right now. I'm out of the jungle, but that's why I have my jungle hair on. I haven't gotten a haircut or anything yet or even shaved. I'm about to go back into the jungle, actually. But out this window, if I didn't have the – it's kind of bright right now because the sun's up, And but that's the Panama Canal. So I'm literally just a few hundred meters, maybe 500 meters from the canal or so. I'm in what's called the Ciudad del Sabar, the city of knowledge. This is where all the the, the NGOs and the IGOs and the nonprofits are, about 62 of them that run the invasion into the United States. This is them. These are the same people that run it into Europe and are pushing and are opening the routes to Japan and other places. So, for instance, IOM, which is the main pusher, let's say the engine of the uh, of the invasion, if, if this window were 90 degrees, you would see their office right in front of me. It's just uh, they they this literally is the old U.S. Army South headquarters. So the where I'm at right now is the old U.S. Army South headquarters now taken over by NGOs destroying the United States. This is where I'm at. Unbelievable. Why? Why did they? Why did the U.S. give that up? Was that a deal with Panama? I can't remember. What what's, what happened there? Well, Jimmy Carter. You know, I used to when I was younger and didn't hadn't had time to study. It takes years to actually kind of get the background to have some vague understanding of what's actually going on. Uh, and now this is what I do seven days a week, so I have a much greater understanding. But Jimmy Carter was a globalist, right? And uh, and still is. And so giving away this canal, a lot of people, you know, they'll blame this on Obama or whatever. And Obama, he's just another poison apple on the tree. He's not like the proximate cause of what happened. The things that are happening now are set in motion before our grandparents were born, right? So, I mean, this has been going on and on. So basically, we're in the middle of a jungle now that's fully formed, right? Now, we can understand a lot about this jungle and how it works, and we can fight it. Uh, and, and I mean, it has names and it has places. For instance, right now, I'm at City of Knowledge in Panama City, Panama, the old U.S. Army South headquarters. Any veterans who uh, served in Panama will know exactly where I'm at. Literally, the Panama Canal is out my window. And this is the headquarters of the people running the invasion through South America up into the United States. And these are the exact same people uh, that are running it in Europe, right? IOM, as, as you're going to the airports in the United States or around the world. Uh, I see them in, in Asia. I see IOM in, or sometimes it's O-I-M or I-O-M, depending on your language, right? So in Spanish, it's O-I-M, but for us, it's I-O-M. But in any case, it doesn't matter. If you see those three letters and it's on a white bag, like a tote bag, if it's on a white one or a blue one with you know inverted writing, it'll be white and blue or blue and white. That's the people running the invasion. For instance, if you go to Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam, and you go into Terminal 3, go to the left, you'll see a big IOM sign right there, right? And 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 because that's a ticket desk. It's the same in in uh, in, in Turkey, in Istanbul. It's the same in, you know, Bogota. They're all, I was just over in um, in El Salvador. I was in San Salvador, the capital of El Salvador. 
and IOM was actually transporting children on the same flight that I was on from El Salvador to Panama, they were connecting to a flight to the United Kingdom. I know because I asked. So literally three children were being trafficked by IOM over to United Kingdom on the same flight that I was on. Well, then they connected in Panama City and I stayed here. So IOM is everywhere. You'll see them in U.S. airports all over the place. You'll see people coming across the southern border with IOM bags because they encountered them, for instance, here or, or in Tapachula, Mexico or in other places. They hand out maps. They hand out uh, QR codes with you know detailed information in many languages. So IOM, if the people, uh, uh, there's a lot of people that think they know a lot about what's going on with the invasion. But most of those, including congressmen and whatnot that I speak with, the vast majority have never heard of IOM. And if you've never heard of IOM, that's like never having heard of the engine in an aircraft carrier and just wondering how the aircraft carrier moves all over the place. It's uh, The engine room is IOM. Now, there's a lot of other ones, UNHCR, whose headquarters is literally like 300 yards from me, right? Literally. There's OIS, which, whose headquarters is about 400 yards from me or 300, 300 or 400 yards as well. OIS is the or the Organization for American States, right? Deep red communists. This whole, this whole, for, this is, used to be Fort Clayton, right? Now they call it the City of Knowledge, Ciudad del Sabar. This is deep red t- uh, territory, but it's very nice. It's actually very well maintained because, you know, we put billions of dollars into IOM. The biggest funders of IOM are, I know people are, often ask me who's actually funding this, and then I say the answer and they don't quite believe me. The biggest funder of IOM is the United States, period, full stop, right? The second biggest funder is Germany and then Canada. Those are the top three. The lady who runs IOM is Amy Pope. She's American. She's been in charge roughly four months now. And Amy Pope brags about the United States being the largest funder to IOM, right? So the United States, Mayorkas came here and, and on April 18th, 2022. I was here, not here, but down, well, he came to Panama City too, but he went down to Darien, right? So I waited for him for four days in Darien, and he landed in front of me in four Blackhawks, and he went into a camp called San Vicente. IOM runs that camp. I've got much footage. I was there. And he increased the size of that camp. I call that China camp. They call it, Here they call it San Vicente. I call it China camp because that's the camp that the Chinese use when they come through Quito, Ecuador, up through Colombia, through the Darien Gap. Then they go to that camp. It's really more of a bus stop at this point. It's a very, it's the nicest of all the, let's say, alien camps I've ever seen outside of the United States. San Vicente, the one I call China camp, is the nicest I've seen. We've literally built the camp for the Chinese to invade the United States. Crystal clear, not ambiguous, not like I'm reading the tea leaves. Nope, we did it for sure. Mayorkas was there on April 18th, 2022 with a with a mock-up model in front of him, how the camp was to look when he, you know, after he threw money at it, which he did. And I was just down there again, and I'm down there all the time. I spend months down there, right beside that camp. Usually I stay like 200 yards from that camp, right? I spent months at a time watching that camp and others around it. So I'm highly aware of what's going on here. IOM is the engine. There's a, there's a lot of hangers on, like Doctors Without, I call they call them Doctors Without Borders. I call them Doctors Without Morals. I mean, those, they are a big one. Red Cross, of course, NRC, Norwegian Refugee Council, HIAS, and dozens of others, dozens. UNHCR, of course, World Food Program. They're all, you can see it on the tops of their tents in a lot of the camps. It'll be like 
World Food Program. It's on the top of the tent. IOM, it's on the top. Actually, IOM has taken their name off the tops in the last, in the, in the last I don't know, six months or so. But you can see that the trailers in China Camp, the, the trailers that they stay in, I've been inside of those trailers. They're very nice. They were actually built in China. So in other words, the money that we put in to help build China Camp, we then bought trailers and other materials bought in China, made in China. I mean, we made China Camp with our money with Chinese bought materials. You can't even make up this stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So we're, you know, you see Greg Abbott down in Texas talking about, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do It's all nonsense. Greg Abbott is part of the World Economic Forum, period. World Economic Forum. All these people are working in collusion. The World Economic Forum, they're in, actually, if I weren't here right now, I would be in Davos because they're about to have their annual, right? And and who will be at the annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland? Chinese Communist Party. A lot of, a lot of the people will be there that are there are, are, are from China, right? And they have annual meetings in China as well. So the World Economic Forum and Chinese Communist Party, their collusion is thick, right? And so these people are the ones running the invasion. Now, the Chinese, I was just up in, um, I was just up in Honduras and I had dinner with a retired general. He's like basically their, their equivalent of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, right? And this general, uh, he, uh, uh, he, he's I, actually, I was in a meeting the day before and I asked someone, uh, you know, do you know anybody in the top levels of the Honduran government? I was in Honduras, Honduras with this, with this meeting. I asked somebody, do you know anybody in the top levels of the government who's been invited to China right recently or the military? And he said, yeah, actually a friend of mine, he's a general and, uh, he was invited to China because he's of Chinese descent. That's bingo. Now <clears throat> background. I've written three books on Chinese information work, right? I spend a lot of time in China and in and around China. Those books, unfortunately, are only in Japanese. They're not even in English because I've been working to wake up Japan for years now. But the bottom line is, on this subject, I know what I'm talking about. That's why I was asking this question. I said, do you know anybody who's been to China recently, top level of the government? He said, yes. And and so I said, you know, I'll bet they had a parade for him and that sort of thing and showed him the showed him the, uh, you know, the, the graves of his family and that sort of thing. So I asked, can we, we were on an island actually called Roatan in Honduras. And I asked, hey, can we, uh, you know, the, the general was over at Tegucigalpa area. I said, can we fly him over for dinner tomorrow night? And we did. So the next night we had dinner with that general. This was about maybe six weeks ago. <clears throat> and so we're sitting at the table in Honduras. And I said, you know, we talked about many things. And then he said that, yeah, he, I asked him about going to China. He said, yeah, I'm of Chinese descent. My grandfather came in 1924, I think it was. And, and, uh, and so the Chinese invited me to the village where my family's from, showed me the graves, of course, had the parade, of course. That's what they always do. They had a parade, you know, made him, you're the big guy, you know, and, you know, showed him where his parents or his, his family used to live and that sort of thing. And he met members of his family, he said, right? So he's been there seven times now. So, People like him are called overseas Chinese. That's what the Chinese Communist Party calls them, overseas Chinese. Now, one of the reasons I was in Honduras is because the China CCP, Chinese Communist Party, has a, an archaeological team over there trying to persuade the, the Mayans that they're long-lost cousins of the Chinese who came over on the land bridge. And all this land that is around me now was taken from all these natives by the you know by the evil spaniards spaniards and germans and french and basically the whole people it's funny by the way some of the people in central america who have been 
they're increasingly there's a lot of them that are woke, especially the university students. And 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 they'll talk about imperialism and whatnot. And I'll say, hold on, what descent are you actually? You're speaking Spanish. You look like maybe from Spain. <laughs> you know, they don't. It doesn't quite uh, dawn on a lot of them that you are the imperialists. Like you took Panama as well. You took these places as well. You are the imperialists. That the China, they're training you to not like me. But guess what? They're training the Mayans and the Embara and the Cuda. And all these other people, you know, dozens and dozens of indigenous groups to not like you, right? So while you're trained not to like me, they're being trained. Who's Zoom and who, right? Where's Aretha Franklin when you need her? I mean, the bottom yeah. line is, 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 is this is a, the intense information war is, is over the top. That's why, you know, when I go to these countries, I, I was just in El Salvador as well, as well, San Salvador, and they have a seven floor museum up there built by the Chinese Communist Party. I stood about 45 minutes in line to go in. It's open seven days a week. It's open every day of the year, including Christmas and New Year's, right? And so it's literally a brainwashing. Chinese Communist flag is flying in the middle of San Salvador at this giant library. Library is a loose term. That's what they call it. But when you go in there, it's clearly a brainwashing center. It's clearly, it's mostly video games like Game of Thrones and, um, Harry Potter and Batman and all this stuff. I mean, it's like, so when you come in, they give you a, a, a key to knowledge. That's funny. I'm in the city of knowledge here in Panama, but up at, at, it just dawned on me that their library called, it's called the key to knowledge. So anyway, the, the key to knowledge uh, uh, library card up in El Salvador, in San Salvador, the new library, you, you can play these video games for an hour, you know, when you come in, but you have to read a book for the first 30 minutes, right? Of course, they assign you which book it'll be. They give you a small test. So you, you read a book for 30 minutes, hey, China's great, and then you go play your video games. And these are really nice video games. When you come to the library, you have to take a tour, right? So we got a tour. I was there with Masako Ganaha, the Japanese journalist, and and uh, and it, we, we were in that tour for, I don't know, three or four hours. And so we went through all the floors. The fifth floor, I think it was, was made for 14 to 24-year-olds. I'm like, how do you group 14 to 24 year olds? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like a non sequitur. I, I don't know how they make that grouping, but you know, it, that that's the floor with, you know, the Batman and Spider-Man and Game of Thrones and all those things that kids watch. Right. And, and it has video games for this stuff. And, and they kept saying, and we have PlayStation five. Right. And, and so, but the bottom line is total brainwashing center. I see these sorts of things mm -hmm. everywhere I go. Right. Every, up in Tegucigalpa, also the, of course, Taiwanese uh, embassy was kicked out not too long ago. Taiwan no longer has relationships with, with Honduras because CCP is moving in. And keeping in mind, IOM, that I keep mentioning, we, we always go to the IOM offices. The IOM office in Tegucigalpa is actually sharing office space with the Canadian consulate in Tegucigalpa, the capital of Honduras, right? So let me repeat that. IOM, the main engine of the invasion, the number three funder is the Canadian government. They are sharing the same building. IOM is sharing the same building with the Canadian consulate in the capital of Honduras. From there, we flew over to El Salvador and went to IOM again, went to that library and other things, went to El Salvador, went to the IOM office, and again, the IOM office in El Salvador is 
in San Salvador, the capital of El Salvador, is sharing office space with the Canadian visa office, right? So in other words, it's one-stop shopping. IOM visas to Canada. You can't, again, you can't make up this stuff. No, you can't make it up, Mike. This is unbelievable what you're saying. This is maybe one of the most important uh, interviews I've ever had. I can't, you know, I'm sitting back, my jaw's hitting the floor. You mentioned about how these people, uh, the be so brainwashed. Well, I think about Black Lives Matter and how all these white people are running around saying Black Lives Matter and shame on me and my heritage and stuff. I thought, yeah. boy, if you can make people think that way, you've pretty much, uh, you've, you've, you you can do almost anything. It's unbelievable. I hadn't thought about this information war that's preceding uh, this effort to invade our country. So you're telling me the IOM, you're telling me China, you're, it's clear that Obama, uh, that Biden's Obama slash uh, are, are letting these people into the country. You've been to the border. You've seen the open border. Um, we're, we're getting these numbers every day that are just unbelievable. Just and and they all tend to be what we keep reporting over and over is they all tend to be military age men. Is that your is that what you're seeing as well? Other than these children that are being uh, that are being sent around the world, which is really, really disgusting, especially after watching that movie, uh, The Sound of Freedom, which blew me away, changed me. It was such a great movie. So we've got the children being trafficked, and we've got a massive invasion of military-age men. Are you, are you predicting some sort of, or would you predict that there's going to be some sort of violence that's going to occur from all this with all these men coming into the U.S. that are military-age? What do you think? What's going on here? Oh, clearly. I mean, this this is a weaponized migration. This is what this is called historically, right? So this isn't a term that I made up. I mean, there's actually a book on weaponization of migration, right? Uh, and um, and I mean, I've got it right here. It's just the weaponized migration. So I mean, but the bottom line is, this is an old tactic that's been used for millennia. It's not e not even not even this century. I mean, this look what happened to Rome. I mean, the God. I mean, the Rome was destroyed the same way in in part, right? And so, uh, you know, this weaponized migration is, you know, Stalin did it with the kulaks. It's just over and over and over. Sometimes it's internal. Sometimes it's uh, external. Uh, in this case, it's both in internal and external. We were, Tens of millions of people are coming into the United States and Europe, and a lot are going into Japan. Many people say, no, they'll never do that to Japan. I'm like, check yourself. They're doing it right now, period, right? I'm in Japan quite often, right? I've written three books that are only in Japanese trying to wake up the Japanese. You know, recently, some months ago, some Kurds, you know, I, I love Kurds. I was out with them quite a lot in northern Iraq and other places, you know, or, or they wouldn't call it northern Iraq. They call it southern Kurdistan. But the, um, but the, uh, it, and actually in their information war in Kurdistan, there's maps all over the place that says it's not northern, in English, this is not northern Iraq. This is southern Kurdistan reframe your mind that's part of information where of course maps are very powerful tools for information work. but in any case uh, over in japan there's kurds there now and kurds have this habit they love to drink and when they go to drinking they go to fight and each other right they don't just look for turks and arabs to fight kurds love to fight kurds right and so these kurds two different groups of kurds this is just you know some months ago in japan they got in went to drinking got into a fight at least one ends up in a hospital. So all the family members and whatnot are there at the hospital. This is in Japan. And then another group of Kurds came to the hospital and they went to fighting in the hospital in Japan. And the Japanese are like, whoa, what are they doing? I mean, I mean, Japanese would not show up to the hospital and like get into a knockdown dragout. Kurds sure would. 
And so, I mean, it was a big wake-up call for the Japanese. I'm like, listen, as much as I like Kurds, <clears throat> they're not really compatible in large numbers in Japan. You know, some fish don't mix well in the same aquarium. They're not going to come over to Japan and be Japan. They're going to come to Japan and be Kurdish. You're not going to take an angel fish and put it into another bowl and it becomes that fish. It's just not going to happen. These, these create what I call anthro insula. I've looked far and wide for years for a word that describes um, these cultures that are all over the world. We're part of them ourselves. The anthro insula is a, is a group. There, there must be thousands of these groups. Again, we're part of them. Uh, an anthro insula is, is a group from some other place that moves to some other place and they don't quite mix. And you come in with sufficient numbers that you become like an oil spot, right? In other words, for instance, let's say in New Braunfels, Germany, or let's say I'm not Germany. Well, yeah, Germany, but move, moved over to Texas, right? Or, or just various villages in Germany, they would charter ships and bring the whole village over to Texas or someplace, right? So now you have this German village who speaks German and they intermarry, right? Let's say the, uh, let's say for instance, the Mennonites up in Gua in, um, in uh, Belize. I was just up in Belize with Mennonites, right? And they have these anthroinsulas all over the place, like in Canada, United States, Belize, Guatemala. We found some in Guatemala. They're moving to Suriname now. They don't intermarry. So one of the things that it describes an anthroinsula are people, they come over in sufficient numbers and they don't intermarry and they keep their old habits and languages, right? So the United States is, uh, uh, you know, increasingly an amalgam of these anthroinsulas, human islands. That's why I came up with this word because I talked with a lot of anthropologists and whatnot. I searched far and wide. I couldn't find a word to describe this. I found Thomas Sowell describing it. It took him like a whole page to describe it. I'm like, exactly, Mr. Dr. Sowell, precisely. He described it perfectly, but he didn't have a word for it. And, 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 I, and keep in mind, I'm almost always overseas and I'll, I'm usually the foreigner, right? Sometimes the only white person I see is when I very occasionally shave in the mirror and I say, oh, that's what a white person looks like, right? So, and, but there's many forms of anthroinsula. One of those is Chinese. There's a lot of Chinese, but a lot of Chinese do intermarry. If they intermarry, then they blend and they fade away. But then there's other, it depends on what culture you came from and what culture you go into. Right. So in other words, if you are Chinese and you come to Panama, you're going to form an anthroinsula because most will not intermarry. That's oil and water. Right. But if you're Chinese and you go to the United States, a lot of Caucasians and Chinese will, will marry. They'll still have anthroinsulas like Chinatown and San Francisco, which I'm, I went to school in San Francisco. Chinatown in San Francisco is more Chinese than most of the Chinese sounds in China because that's an anthroinsula. Right. Now, it's, it's, you know, pretty small there, but, you know, it actually feels like you're, you're out of a movie when you're going to some of these Chinatowns, whether that's Chiang Mai, Thailand, or, or over in Malaysia or Indonesia, these old Chinese towns. That, an, interesting, an interesting thing about these anthroinsulas is they'll keep old dialects, right? It'll be like a time capsule of old stories, old ways of eating and, and, and marrying and all the, the old customs or like they, they stay in a time capsule. So like these German anthroinsulas that have been all over Asia and all over the world, they'll be speaking old dialects of German. For instance, the Mennonites, I speak German actually. <clears throat> I speak high German, I learned it when I was in special forces. In fact, that's why I went to school in California. I went to the, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I went to the language school in San Francisco. There were, the big campus is in Monterey, but there was an overflow in the Presidio of San Francisco. So I speak high German. 
So I was out with these uh, Mennonites. They speak Nederdeutsch, which is low German, but they speak an old dialect and they can understand what I'm saying. I can only understand about a third of what they're saying, but they, they're, they're living in the old ways, right? It's very interesting. So these anthro insulas are every, go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, I, I was just going to, you know, we, we've got a few minutes left. This is so fascinating, everything you're saying, Mike. I'm so glad you're here. We've got to have you back again. I'm sorry it's, uh, we got, you know, taking so long to get you back. But we hope to have you back soon because I really appreciate all you're doing. The uh, the concern here, so in, in, in the last couple minutes here, what, what, what can we do, uh, the average American, because we sit back, I'm in Florida, I'm sitting back, I'm seeing every day these pictures from the border, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, you know, I'm just shocked, and I'm shocked that nobody's there stopping this in any of these border states. What can we do, and what is, what is going to happen? Are you, are you expecting to see like a 9-11 of mag, magna, uh, you know, portions, or, or what's, what's going to happen here before the 2020 election? Well, I, I, actually, I was going through somewhere with that anthro insula uh, setting the table for that. We have all these, whether it's the Somalis, uh, whether it's uh, just so many different groups, Nigerians. And keep in mind, Nigerians, when they come in, they won't come in to go with other Nigerians. They'll go with their tribe, like the Igbo or whatever, right? They'll go with their actual tribes. They don't come and say, hey, where's the Nigerians living? They're like, where's my tribe living? Same with the Kurds. Kurds don't go with Kurds. Kurds go with their tribe of Kurds, right? So what will happen? All these people are on the different timelines. Some are literally just come over and migrating, right? A huge amount now is clearly weaponized migration, knowing or unknowing. Some don't know and others, clearly a lot of the Chinese absolutely know. They talk about it. The Chinese are coming to take over the United States. They're crystal clear about it. They don't even hide it. It doesn't mean every Chinese is on the same sheet of music, but they that the, the core group knows about it. You should... If you could just spend a week with me watching these things, um, the things that we've talked about now are nothing compared to what I would take you out and show you. Uh, so you've got different groups on different timelines. For instance, in Venezuela, we talked about this a month or two ago. There's a huge amount of Hezbollah there. Now, with the war going on over the, the growing war, actually, there's a lot of Yemenis coming in. Who are those guys that we just bombed, right, last night? Uh, there, there's a huge amount of Yemenis coming in. Venezuelans who are a lot of there's there's a lot of Hezbollah in Venezuela and they've been there for generations right they've been there and they they speak Arabic and Spanish right so there's actually people back in their part of the world who speak Spanish and and so in other words they've come to live in South America and Central America and North America and then they've gone back and in one area speaks Spanish right so in other words the this idea that they're over there and we're over here, that's not the thats not the actual structures I see as I go around, as I live around the world. I call them meta structures. And these meta structures, so, I'll be quiet, but these meta structures are on their own timelines. They may do anything. So we got 10 seconds. We're going to see the U.S. get blown apart here in the next year? Well, I mean, it's the United States we knew is now dead. We've been warning about it and warning and warning and warning. You're in for a fight and we're going, we're, we will have food issues on the global scale and in the United States. Don't discount that. Michael, your wealth of information, I know what you mean by being there. You learn so much. It'd be awesome to come down there and see you sometime. Let's keep in touch and we will be, uh, we'll be back with you as, as, uh, as soon as we can. Appreciate everything. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Be safe. God bless. Thank Talk you, sir. Soon. Okay. We'll be back Monday on the Joe Hoff Show.